Hello everybody, my name is Drake Pittman and this is Pass the Jar. Welcome back to Pass the Jar, everybody. Today I've got my mother freaking boys over here. It is a band that I love with all of my heart. I've watched them grow drastically over the past few months. Super proud of what they've accomplished. They are Fall City. So guys, introduce yourselves. Uh, hello, I'm Elijah. I am the bassist and a vocalist for Fall City. I'm Colton. I play the drums. My name is Drew. I play guitar. And this is Fall City. They're missing one member today, but yeah. we'll have a reunion show with R- all Ralph, members. Ralph, our rhythm guitarist, uh, couldn't make it. We we wish he could have, but we'll get him back on here. It'll be cool. Yeah, we'll have all four of you guys over. But guys, welcome to Pass the Jar. Uh, I've been waiting on this one. Glad to be here. I'm glad you could all fit me in your busy schedules. <laughs> and by that, I mean working yourselves to death. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Sometimes, literally. Yeah. So... Let's talk about your backgrounds. Where are you from? Where were you raised? Tell us a little bit about yourself so people aren't just, they don't feel like they're listening to strangers. Alrighty. Well, I was born in Walker County. Born and raised. You know, nothing special about a regular guy. Uh, decided to pick up the drums around the age of seven. Kind of kind of early on, inspired by my dad. And continued to do so through high school, got into the marching band, kind of did that whole thing, kind of did the band nerd thing. Ooh, band nerds. <laughs> and after that, uh, I was going to pursue it in college, but uh, decided not to. Decided that uh, I was just going to become a working man instead. And after, after that, it led me to move up to Birmingham and Clay, where I currently reside. And uh, just taking it day by day, trying to learn how to do this life thing. Understandable, man. Uh, I'm very similar to Colton. I was uh, born and raised in Walker County. I would find out later, literally about two minutes away from Colton, uh, down our road. Um, except I didn't pick up the drums in sixth grade. I picked up the trumpet, which uh, led to me going into sort of music. So I picked up the guitar. A friend of mine said, hey, I'm putting a thing together. Do you know how to play bass? I said, no, but I could. So I picked up the bass, which I put down for a while, but picked back up again. Um, And uh, now I'm in college actually going into music. So that's where mine and Colton's path kind of diverge a little bit. Uh, But yeah, so that's me. Uh, Drusif? Yeah, I was born in Jasper. Uh, I live in Curry. Uh, I picked up guitar around the age of... 10, I would say. Uh, I was kind of like Colton. I planned on going to, to college for music, but uh, I just decided not to because I don't know why. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, like I said, I'm, I drive 18 wheelers now. And it's, you know, it's not the funnest, but it pays the bills. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> keeps and, the lights uh, on. Keeps the lights on. And, uh, but when I was about 13, I picked up you know, recording myself and doing production, stuff like that. I've been doing it ever since, and, uh, you know, where I'm at now. 
I've name dropped Drew on here before. He uh, he's the one that created the intro and outro music for the podcast. Wow. So I didn't know that. Drew <laughs> <laughs> Drew is a Drew is a production master. I love everything he does. He he's a genius. Drew, I'm I'm, I'm very proud of you, and I thank you so much. Well, Thank you. Just don't ever come ask me for royalties one day. <laughs> I'll also, we'll, we'll see how this goes first. Yeah. No. I'll also <laughs> add to that that uh, Drew also writes the majority of what we do. He's kind of the brains of the bunch. And he doesn't look like it, but dude's smart. Dude, dude can write some killer riffs. No, don't look much, but... <laughs> you ain't beautiful, but you're beautifully exactly. smart. Exactly. <laughs> but first of all, thank you. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say master, but, you know... <laughs> I try sometimes. <laughs> hey, you succeed at everything I've heard you try your hand at. And well, I appreciate it. All of you as a band, like, you guys are awesome, hence why. Mm-hmm. What? I, rem- I remember we got together to write a song one time, and all I had was literally a bass line, and I came to Drew and I said, hey, uh, let's have a writing session right quick. Uh, I've got this going on right now. What do you think about it? I said, well, I can do this, 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 and this, and like an hour <laughs> later, we had like a three-minute song. I was yeah. like, dude... <laughs> <laughs> that that goes to show the musical strength of each of you. You you're a collaborative effort, and nothing is done by yourselves. Right. So well, he had a good riff too. That helped. <laughs> yeah, it was fine. It was fine. So let's. I know Elijah came into the band later as did Ralph. The two compadres, right? Drew and Colt. They're the <laughs> yeah. ones that actually started the band. Tell us how you guys decided to make this like a. A thing. Okay. Well, me and Drew actually went to the same school. We both went to Curry. Uh, pretty much, I think, from elementary all the way to high school. Yeah. To my knowledge. Um, and me and Drew kind of knew each other, kind of growing up, but we never really, you know, didn't have a lot of class together until about, I think, seventh grade. We, yeah, I think we, it was seventh grade. We kind of played with the idea of getting together and doing a music project with another one of our classmates at the time who really couldn't play his instrument, but we were just excited. Right. You know, <laughs> kids had instruments. No, they got me. <laughs> before that. Yes. Um, before. Oh, I- it wasn't actually until 11th, it was 11th grade talent show. And Drew and another friend of ours uh, had played a song, uh, both played guitar. And it was an original song they had named. Uh, what was that? What was that song? It was Master it, Exploder, wasn't it? No, it was Electric Dynamite. Oh, yeah, that's right. Electric <laughs> Dynamite. <laughs> And I thought it was killer myself, (laughs) but lo and behold, it was their unlucky day because I had also decided to do that talent show, and me and a couple of the members of the drum line that year did a uh, solo on some trash cans and and beat them out. Oh, they crushed it too. We was like, oh, yeah, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) But it was after that, I was like, man, these guys are actually pretty good. And I was actually approached by our other friend to, to... get together and actually do something. So it wasn't until Valentine's Day yeah, that I, year. Yeah, I think it was Valentine's We made up after school, and they came over to my house because my dad had a I garage. <laughs> and uh, that was our initial first practice was me, Drew, and the friend of ours. Uh, yeah, uh, Cody Gill was his name. So the original lineup was just me, Drew, and our friend Cody at the time. On guitar, bass, and drums, and that was it. No vocals. We just did instrumentals, and then of course we had to look for a vocalist, and we went through what you say, ten, fifteen different. Oh yeah, people. It, was, it was about ten, fifteen different people. We could just never find somebody who was mainly reliable who would just show up. You know, <laughs> yeah, that was the main problem. Some who just didn't have talent. Yeah, well, 
you know, we had some rougher ones, uh, but like I said, most of the time it was because they wouldn't show up. Yeah. You know? So, eventually, we went through, I couldn't say how many singers, we came across one vocalist that played with us for a few years, and that was our first solid lineup, and we switched out rhythm guitars a couple of times that were kind of the same issue with the singers, were weren't too reliable, and... After we, we'd played a little while, had a few decent shows, but nothing with too much traction. Uh, we all graduated high school and started working, you know, started being a productive member of society, which took away time from playing and doing what we wanted to do. So eventually the, the, the lineup kind of fizzled out there for a little while. We had uh, taken a break and it wouldn't probably, a, probably about a year, I'd say. Yeah, probably less than a year. Maybe, maybe, maybe about yeah. 10 months or so. And then... I actually got a, a a call from a, a friend of Elijah's here about a little group he was doing with some of his buddies, and they needed a drummer. So uh, they came over for one practice. Yeah, it was just the one. Uh, I remember it well because I this is when I found out that I lived next to Colton all my life, and I didn't know where he was. And um, the the fun thing about the garage is there's no cell phone reception reception. So I was calling our mutual friend and being like, hey, where is everybody? But I couldn't get a hold of him. So me and the um, guy who's playing rhythm uh, eventually just sat on and said, we think it's this one. We think that's his, ha- his car. Let's go. We, c- <laughs> we found it, did one practice. Then we never heard back from anything on that. <laughs> so, and that's when I get a text from Colton saying, hey, you remember me? I was the guy that um, was uh, the drummer in that one group. I said, yeah, man, what's up? <laughs> He said, I got this uh, buddy named Drew who plays guitar. We're going to put together a thing. You want to come in and um, jam for a little bit? I said, okay. Yeah. And off we were. That's how we found Elijah. <laughs> so you toiled around with, uh, you know, different members and everything. When you found that solidarity and, you know, you had a collective core that you kept together, what did you see, like, the growth of each of you as far as musicians? Were you able to, like, get, you know, like, as some people say, in a pocket with each other just a little better when you did oh, stick together and had the same people? Oh, it's, it's great. Like, there are certain practices I remember where we'd just be jamming out, like, we'd done, practiced all the covers we were going to do, practice any original stuff we were going to do. So we were just jamming out, and either Drew would start on a, a guitar line, or Colton start on a drum beat, or I'll start on a bass line. And we could just sort of feel where each other was going. It was just sort of a familiarity there. Yeah. And it was just really like it was just really cool just to be able to be just in the zone with each other like that. And just any stupid crap off the top of our head, we could all say like, Hey, now this sounds like a real life song. Yeah. And then of course we never recorded those, so we can't remember what they sound like, but you know, <laughs> as is life. With uh it's also been weird between me and Drew because we've always been kind of be able to mesh pretty easily. Uh probably just from having similar music backgrounds, being in kind of some of the same music, inspired by the same style. We've always meshed pretty well together. And, and with Elijah, with me and him both being band nerds, I think we kind of we kind of mesh up on that. So, like, I've, all, I've never had issues playing with these guys, and it's, it's so easy to freeform with them. Like, they're so talented, so. Uh, and yeah, we always say at a show, if we ever need time, we'll just improv. <laughs> we just, yeah. Full time, make it up. I've watched you guys rehearse, and I've seen you getting those clicks together where everything fits. And I'm just sitting there. Timmons and I spoke about how 
Smashley is collectively some of the best musicians around Walker County. Oh, for sure. For and sure, you yeah. guys, you guys are right there with them too. We appreciate that. Uh, that that's just my opinion. Yeah, that's you know, high praise. I Smashley like. and Smashley and Fall City are two of my favorite bands in Walker County, and that's just that's not a biased opinion. That's just my honest opinion. Well, so, oh, Colt's blushing over here. Uh, so, it's the medication. Just tell the medication. It, tell us a little bit about your musical influences, like who you guys like to cover, and when you're writing your originals, who do you look to as you know references to how you kind of want to sound? Oh, man, there's a lot to that. We all, I think we all collectively have different music backgrounds. Me and Drew blended in a little more than Elijah. Elijah's kind of an, kind of an oddball. He's into some of the more older stuff. Yeah, I'm... Take your dad's playlist. I'm that. <laughs> <laughs> and and me and Drew, uh, we're into more more heavier style music than what we do, but we're pretty open minded to to all kinds of styles, and we listen to pretty much everything under the sun. And we just try to find uh, a certain style we feel like we can play comfortably. Um, some influences. I mean, it's kind of the go to for like a lot of bands. Uh, to, to mention Tool as like an influence, but I would say they have a bit of an influence on us, but maybe not. Definitely liking guitar tones and a lot of things that we do. It's definitely a lot of like what we do, like guitar tone wise. I can feel a lot of tool in that um, whenever we play. Maybe not in the writing style though. It's a little more simplistic than that. Yeah, uh, we don't. I don't like <laughs> yeah. going into six four and five four and seven eight like every other measure. So yeah, we just don't Nothing do wrong that. With that. It's awesome. I mean, yeah. if you can, more power to you. <laughs> yeah, but I think stylistically. Uh, one, one one band that uh that Drew got me turned on to is actually a uh, Crowbar. Actually, they they have kind of a kind of a nasty nasty Southern style, and though we're not quite that nasty, I think kind of stylistically, I think it's kind of a one of the paths we kind of take with the music that I'm really into. A big influence on me recently, like very recently, is this um, band called King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. <laughs> they're laughing because they knew they knew I was going to bring them up, but like they're awesome. Man. They're they're great. Like. It's just that way that they do, like, every album they do is pretty much completely different from the last one, and I really dig that, because it gives you, like, a big broad of, oh, well, this and this can sound good together, and this and this can sound good together, and, you like, you don't have to be stuck in one rut for, like, your entire career. You can just be like, today I feel like making a country song. I'm gonna write a country song. Tomorrow I feel like writing uh, a death metal song. I'm gonna write a death metal song. Yeah. <laughs> What about you, Drew? Who are some of your uh, musical influences, man? Uh, yeah, mine's pretty. Mine's pretty similar to Colton. I mean, we're we're probably like you know we're still to this day like little metalcore and hardcore kids, you know. <laughs> and uh, but you know we both listen to uh, like one of my favorite bands is like Between the Buried and Me, and just sure. you know we don't really sound like them, but just how weird they are, you know, they just do whatever they want to. I kind of take influence from that. We try and do that in our music, you know, just to try and be a little different, just throw in whatever, you know we want to it's kind of selfish yeah but, you know as as far as just like writing stuff i kind of subscribe to that i think it was john lennon who said like get into a mood where like it's like oh i'm in this mood i want to write this down try to write down every word that you can and then just leave it alone for like a day and then come back to it later and see if you still like it and that's what i try to do so there's definitely some I mean, there's some Beatles in there. I'm like, I'm like the only person in the band who like actually likes the Beatles. But yeah. like, oh no, I enjoy the Beatles myself too. But not <laughs> as much as I like. Them. Okay, <laughs> then I'm like one and a half members of the band that actually likes the Beatles. You know, a bunch of a bunch of bands they strictly focus on covers these days, and 
you guys played major majority of covers in your gigs, but ever since I've known you, it's you're focused on originals. Unless you want to try something new in a show, then you do work on covers. But when it's not, when there's no music being rehearsed, you guys are strictly focused on originals, and I think that's going to give you a leg up in the long run, right? Because it's not going to limit you to playing local venues when you have your own original music. It enables you to travel outside of Walker County. Right. Is that the goal for you guys? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Uh, we, we've always had the focus since we started this project to do original music. We've always wanted to. But I think we're all creative types. We want to create. We want to wear our influences on our shoulders and show, you know, uh, you know, Walker County, like, has, has some talent. And, you know, we like to showcase that. But, I mean, we do covers, too, because we understand, you know, people people want to hear covers as well. And, I mean, we, we enjoy playing, you know, some of the covers, like, see the crowd's reactions from them. But, oh, yeah. Our goal, I think, was always to write original music and just, you know, kind of show that who we're inspired by. And it's just a passion for all of us, too. We all, I think, collectively, you know, are moved by music. You know, we we always look forward to doing it when we can, anytime we can get time, you know. Timmons and I spoke about how it seems like people tend to tune you out when you play originals at shows. So when you play covers... Do you feel like you've made it a little more when you have attention for the during the covers or your originals? Well, the few originals that we have played live. Um, now, granted, these were originals that, like, I think one of them I might have had a hand in writing. The others were written beforehand, and I was brought in, so it was basically a cover to me. Yeah. But you know, that's that's fine. We already had it. It was backlog. That's great. Um, I don't really think that we had that experience with that because, um, especially on our first show that we did at Twisted Barley. Um, when we did that original, we announced it. I made a big deal about it in the microphone, and um, everybody was into it. So it was it was a good feeling. Like this this is gonna sound awful, but I think the feel of the crowd to me is less important as just getting out there and having fun. Because I'm subscribed to the theory that if I'm not having fun, then the crowd certainly isn't having fun. Yeah. Whereas if I'm having fun and like three people in the audience aren't having fun. That's that's their problem. That's on them, you know? <laughs> like, Let me tell you, if you haven't seen Fall City Live, all these guys are typically laid back. But Elijah, he, he comes out of his shell on stage. That's a fact. He, he, the first time I saw him pop out some of these huge-ass sunglasses, <laughs> I, I was really sitting there like, what in the hell are you doing? But at the same time, I was like, he's having fun. And that's what, when we'll go into our working relationship later, but when I started working with you guys, I was like, that's what I want you to do is get on stage and just have a blast because you've been it was like you had been confined to the garage for so long. Yeah. And I was like, you you guys got to get out of here and play <laughs> the shit you're working on. So and Elijah, like Elijah is he's a he's a ray of sunshine on the stage. Well, <laughs> I'm trying to work on that because especially in the first few shows and even at the Twisted show that you're talking about, I was like, you know, I feel like, you know. I'm doing stuff, but I I feel like I need to be doing more, like more crowd interaction, more doing this, doing that, more entertainment, and less. Okay, let's tune up so we can do the next song. You know, yeah. Just, you, you don't want to, I guess, have dead air to where yeah. the audience kind of loses the interest, right. and you guys mm -hmm. do a good job at it. Like <clears throat> you guys have conversations while Drew's tuning or. If, you're tuning, you, you distract everybody from what's actually going on there for the yeah. few, for the minute or two where you are tuning up. And 
that's where your stage presence has just, I've seen it just progress over the past few shows that you've played. And distraction is the key word. This is might be a bad example, but I saw Foo Fighters live in Birmingham one time. And every, after every song, Dave Grohl, and this is, I don't want to try to compare myself to Dave Grohl because he's a master of working the crowd, like actual genius level. Like after every song, he's like, turn on the lights. I want to see the people. Uh, that guy's dressed as Jesus. You know, it was like, and there was a guy dressed as Jesus. It was wild. <laughs> Um, but I have no doubt in my mind now that I've like been in shows and I was like, oh, that was the guitarist getting another guitar that's in a different key or something. (laughs) So it's like, you're, you're, you're taking those experiences and applying it to what you do. Bait and switch. (laughs) So you've seen some tough times as a band, people leaving unreliable, you know, just because they wanted to, or they didn't mesh with the band very well. How has that made you grow as a band like the core group of you guys, how has it made you feel like, you know, whatever happens in life in general, I can take it. Um, I believe it's made us a little more resilient to that. It, um, like from our first lineup, uh, we really didn't want to lose, lose members, you know, if we could keep anybody we could get, we were kind of desperate at the time. But I mean, we were also putting up a lot, just, you know, unreliability, uh, people just, you know, just not practicing, not putting in the same amount of effort that we were. So it definitely made us a little more resilient to that fact of, you know, we could handle change better. And I think that's also kind of goes along with like us as people too, as we get older and have more life experiences, we can handle change better as we mature more. Yeah. And uh, I would say too that, uh, you know, like say for instance, uh, a rhythm guitar player left, well, we could uh, we would say, well, oh, well, we could throw a backing track on if we really had to, you know. Yeah. So we're not going to let it bother us, you know. Rolling with the punches is very, very, very important. Like, like Guns N' Roses put together a whole different band after everybody left. It's like you just, you got to roll with it. If you if you're committed to this and you want to do it, you got you got to keep going. You got to keep trucking. Yeah, yeah, that's just part of it too. You know. So in those times of adversity, where you're like, you know, we were halfway through a song and something changed. Does do you feel like you have to change your writing style to accommodate somebody that may coming in, or do you keep it the same? And you're like, you're going to adapt to our sound. We, uh, we at first used to change. We, we would change our style. Uh, but as we've come to grow, if, if we were to have to change a member, I mean, we're going to try to get that member to do what, you know, what we wanted to do originally, the original idea. It may change a little bit, depending on that person, to more play on their strengths. But overall, I think we're, we like to keep, you know, what we would originally had planned, you know. And plus, with our originals too, the way we write stuff, nothing's concrete either. If we want to change something, we can. It's not, no, nothing is sacred, I think, when we write right. stuff. So, I really, I think we could just, uh, it's no issue to, to change a little bit, but also keeping that same same idea. Well, it's like when Ralph came in. Like, before Ralph, we were very heavy, 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 heavy. I was like the softest member of the group as far as um, we covered Come Together because I knew how to play the bass line. So, like, other than that, we were like heavy, heavy, heavy. And then Ralph came in and was like, hey, you guys like indie stuff? So like we started incorporating a little bit of that in there. And Ralph, you know, uh, Ralph is also on the same wavelength as like Drew and Colton. Like he likes a little bit of heavier stuff also. Um, not to speak for the man. He can do that on the next time we are on here. Yeah. Um, he, he definitely has more of an indie kind of folky background though than yeah. I think me or Drew. And it just adds another dynamic to the to the sound. I think so. Yeah, because his, his vocals too. Uh, are very indie influenced 
you know, the kind of weird slurry kind of singing he does sometimes. Yeah. Uh, like he's inebriated when he's not. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's cool, you know. Yeah. It, <laughs> it he, has some cool stuff to it. He makes it work very well. Yeah, he, right. work, he works it for sure. With uh, recent changes that have came last year, you guys have started sharing vocals, Elijah and Ralph have. How do you pick and choose who sings what song? Uh, for the last show, it was very much, we need all these songs done. Um, I'm going to send you a list, pick which ones you want to sing. But on a, on a more like a concrete, like normal basis, it would be kind of a, he writes a song, he says, okay, I want to sing it, or I think it would sound better with you singing it, and vice versa. And basically, if we do a cover, my philosophy with doing a cover is, if I pick a cover, I'm saying, I'm comfortable singing this, but if we want the other guy to sing it, that's cool too. So like... It's just, it's, it just, it just sort of goes in between, kind of like a ping pong almost, because like, um, what song, it was one of the Weezer songs that we did last time, where I sent the list and I just had beside it like, Elijah, Ralph, 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 Elijah, 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 Ralph, all this stuff in the group chat, and he sent back, he's like, hey, I want to do the Weezer thing, so I said, go for it, yeah. more power to you. <laughs> So you guys work together, and I think that's what is your strength as a band, is you don't do anything alone unless Drew's cooking something up for you guys that you don't know about yet. It's, <laughs> it's like it's like a marriage. Communication is key. Yeah, right. We can work through anything you got. You just got to talk to me. You know, you guys, Colton, Drew, y'all have been friends for a long time at this point. Yeah. And Elijah came into the fray later. When people leave the band, no matter how long you've known them, this is a tough question. Okay. I, I, I'm here for the tough questions. <laughs> okay. When people leave the band, do you maintain or try to maintain a friendship with them? Um, honestly, it, it depends on, on how how it was left. I, I have kept in contact and friends with some members, and some I haven't. It just really depends on what terms we leave on, and also if that person even wants to reach out again. You know, sometimes after they leave, you know, that's that's all they want to. Deuces. You know, <laughs> they just yeah. cut ties, but. It really just depends on that person, you know. I don't, I don't hold anything personal, you know. If it doesn't work out, it's like a relationship; it just doesn't work out. Yeah, I understand. Like that. You courted them for a while and right. you made things work as long as you could. That's just the music business in general is consistency, and for the most part, you guys have been very consistent. And with what you've got going on now, staying consistent is going to be huge key to the future. Do you agree? Right. Oh, yeah. sure. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Having a balance between all of our schedules and yeah. me living an hour away just kind of adds more more stress to it all. But we we always keep in contact, you know, every day. Try to keep up, you know, with each other. Make sure we know when we got free time. We can keep you know keep working at it. And and sometimes if I can't make it, you know, if I just can't get off work, I mean, these guys feel pretty good at getting together just on their own and working on something. Just as long as there's something being done, we can keep it moving. As long as we keep momentum going. I think we'll be all right. Do y'all still, still go to the garage without Colt? We've done that. <laughs> We've done that quite a few times, yeah. I can if remember doing people. it twice recently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, since he's moved to Birmingham, it is a little tough. And he's got a crazy work schedule, so it's a little tougher to get him up here. Mr. Big Shot. Exactly. <laughs> honestly, honestly <laughs> I think rough. it might be easier because I'm probably going to spend a lot of time in Birmingham with college um, in the future. And honestly, I think that'll make it easier just because I'll be like, hey, I'm also in Birmingham. Do you want to do something or whatever? Yeah. Even if you're not getting together and playing music, just getting together and doing stuff is 
important. But see, moving to a new city also helps you build contacts because I know you're not going to stop playing music if you're stuck in Birmingham. You'll find an open mic night, I'm sure. With, with the talent you have at your disposal. I'll find a corner. Yeah. You know, so. Playing on the quest. You know, you're called Fall City now. You were called Fall City once before. Can we can we talk about the talk about the name? Yeah. So basically, when we first got together, we you know the the road that we practice off of is Fall City Road and down there in uh, Jasper, Manchester, whatever you want to call it. And uh, basically, that band kind of uh, it didn't really break up, but it was just one of those things. Everybody started working. This is kind of dissolved. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so we we got together, and about the time we found Elijah, we started a new band, and we called it Black Light District. And uh, the name, yeah, I understand. It's, it's a rough <laughs> name. It's, well, I think it was it you or Colton that was like, okay, I just don't want to do Fall City anymore because I feel like that's a different thing. It and it is. That is, I mean, even though we're called Fall City now, that we're like Fall City V two. The first version of it was a different band. Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I'll take full credit though for that Blacklight District name. Is that was my idea? As we were just trying to find some new names. <laughs> is like, that credit or a fall? Uh, I mean, it's, take it as, as you, I'm as gonna, you see it. I'm going to call it credit because none of us came up with anything better yeah. at the time. <laughs> it, it's hard to come up with a band name. Isn't it, it really is. It's like naming a kid, but like, right. <laughs> but like for more people. <laughs> and the reason we kind of wanted to go back to the name Fall City was you. You suggested you said it would be good for marketing. We was like, well, hey, it's. It's actually a pretty cool name. Why not? You know, yeah. it's got more followers on Facebook than the Blacklight District does. <laughs> yeah. with, with Drew dropping that bomb, we will uh, we'll go ahead and kind of transition into our relationship for a few minutes. How do we know you? Yeah. How how the hell do you know me? Uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that one night podcast. Uh. <laughs> one night I was sitting at work. I started a project called Boondocks Promotions to where I was just going to help bands, you know, from the Walker County area up their social media game, their marketing tactics, how they were going to grow followers to come to their shows. And some guy tagged Colt in a status or a post that I'd made. So I just, two o'clock in the morning, I messaged Colt. And apparently he didn't sleep at the time because he messaged me right back. He doesn't sleep now. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, we we got to talking back and forth. We set up a meeting. I met him at Twisted Barley where... Was pretty much my meeting place right. for all, everything. All roads lead to Twisted Barley. Yeah, all roads lead to Twisted Barley. Oh, uh, so we sat down, had a chat, and the first thing I said was, I, I googled Blacklight District, and <laughs> you guys were nowhere near found on the search page. And I said, so if we're going to continue this relationship, I hate to ask a lot of you, but we need to change the name. <laughs> and Which we were completely open to, honestly. <laughs> he was basically like, if you look, I get if you're just married to the name, but like it would really be better. And then we immediately said, "Yeah, let's change it. That's great." Yeah, it, I was I was just sitting there. I was like, you know, it's I understand because I tried coming up, you know, with ideas for names for you guys, and Jesus Christ, it's hard. It is, you it know. Really so shout is. out to Colt for coming up with Blacklight District. Oh, yeah. Anyway, In the first but place. yeah, but when you Google it, it. Fall City from Jasper was not something you saw. <laughs> yeah, apparently there's like a venue, yeah, like Black District somewhere yeah. in a big city, and we kept getting messages from bands saying, "Yeah, <laughs> <"Play your laughs> yeah. Like, what?" So we took their money and let them play in the garage for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so when uh, we gave up on just trying to change the name in general and went back to Fall City, it was easy to come up with just right. Fall City. You, you guys 
all lived off Fall City, well, except Drew. Right. But when uh, we came up with that and rolled with it, I was like, you know what? It'll actually give them a sense of pride as to where they're from, too. We talk about being proud from being here. So what do you guys feel like Fall City represents to you? That's literally where my entire family is. Like, when I say my extended family lives on that road, I mean my my pretty much all of my extended family lives on that road. So it's it's just very deep rooted, like to the point to where like like in the future, if I move to like say a Birmingham or a Tuscaloosa or like anywhere off, I'm gonna be like, ah, yeah, but like that's all. I'm still gonna have to like go back there every weekend because that's where every that's where everybody I, I care about is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll add to that pretty much. I mean, it's literally the road I grew up on. I live one road off of that, and I mean, it's it's what I've known my entire life. Uh, and even you know, I've moved away now, about an hour away, but still, anytime I come back, it always feels like home. You know, no matter how long I've been gone. Yeah, and I think it's a really good name too, because, <laughs> <laughs> because whether whether you know you know you say Fall City, everybody knows. Okay, it's either that the town under the lake or it's that road everybody goes really fast on. So, yeah. That's not, me. I'm one of those guys who goes really yeah. fast on. Not everybody knows that Fall City was a city that is under the lake right now. Right, yeah. So, we yeah. were actually told that by, by a, a certain local had let us know about that. Yep. <laughs> so, with the name Fall City, when we started working together, I wanted to help you guys. And... You guys were already talented. I didn't have to bring anything to the table except direction. And your first show at Twisted Barley, put asses in the seats, as I told Mason. And you, Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> you, uh, you also played two more shows at the local and right. put asses in the seats at both of those shows. Yeah. So going into the future, what's the plans? Put asses in more seats. Hey. <laughs> I would agree with that. Yeah. Yep. Vince McManus. Vince McMahon it, baby. Gotta be a draw. <laughs> um, I think, honest, honestly, and we've already talked about this a little bit, but, like, our plans for the future, I think at this point, are continue to do shows but start incorporating more originals and hopefully uh, put out an EP or, I don't know, album might be a little bit much at this point, but EP for sure. Just start getting... Get in the game, basically, is what we're saying. Not that we're not already in the local game, but, like, get in the game a little yeah, bit. Yeah, just the original music game, maybe. You yeah. know, you know. Maybe yeah. expand, maybe play some more venues that, you know, outside of Walker County to kind of expand. But for sure, we love, I mean, we love to play anywhere in Walker County, though. I mean, you know, like you said, there's always always a crowd there. And, and I, I don't want to jump the gun, but I think people actually recognize us, you know. Like, they know, they see Fall City, they know, like, they're in for a good show. Yeah, I, I'm proud of what you guys did in the first three shows that we did together. Which you also played a few festivals too. Yeah, uh, the festival scene in Walker County is real iffy. Like I'm glad people, I'm glad our towns do them because it does bring a community together. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like the people kind of just walk past the music stage; they don't think anything oh, about yeah, it. Yeah, I agree with that. <clears throat> yeah, I remember. Was it uh, Oakman? Uh, there was like some people from my family standing next to Colton's parents. And Drew's parents were probably there too, were they? Yeah, they were off somewhere. Um, and they were pretty much the only people paying attention. So like, we were tuning one time. I just like, hey yo, what's the Alabama game score? Like, yeah. 
Yeah, people started answering. Yeah, people started answering like a, like very quickly. Crowd engagement at its finest. At yeah. its finest, right there. Which, it, in in their in your defense, Alabama was playing a big game that weekend. Yeah, oh, but yes. we blew them out, so it was fine. Yeah. Um, oh, roll tie. <laughs> that's the first roll tie that's ever been dropped on the show. <laughs> so, uh, the the festival scene. Is there any insight you you think you could add to how to help the music area of it grow? Other than, like, you know, we have Foothills. Like, that's right. a big freaking deal. Foothills but, just needs to put original people back in it. I agree. That's just uh, yeah, like, I, that. I think it's great that we're getting Blues Travelers and the North Mississippi All-Stars. They put on a great show. You like, didn't even name drop Whiskey Myers, and I'm highly disappointed. Well, I didn't go. I, I was busy on the night Whiskey Myers there, and I knew that's your thing. But, like, <laughs> it's great. It's great that they're getting them. But I remember um, Smashley playing the stage um one time i remember a friend of mine getting up on stage and like breaking his bass guitar on the stage it was lit it was great yeah but like all of a sudden it was just like all right now we're gonna stop getting local talent and we're gonna just shell out for like five or six really big bands it's like you only need like two yeah (laughs) i mean i'm not gonna like bash any organization or anything. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Not. Ever, I'm not trying to bash but, nobody. I'm just that's just one man's opinion. Yeah, yeah, but you know, I wholeheartedly agree that we do need more local music on the foothill stage. Sure. Because you have people you have a shit ton of people that come from out of town with these bigger bands you're bringing in, but like they come from Tuscaloosa, Coleman. I'm not I know that's not like huge, but they're Compared. coming to Walker County. Yeah. Right. So why not show some of the talented people you have up there because somebody somebody may be a business owner of a venue in one of these cities, and they're like, "Hey, those guys are pretty good. Let me uh, let me hunt them down after the show and talk to them." So, I'm hoping Foothills, you know, integrates local music back into it. But the smaller, newer festivals, what what is one thing you would do with all the knowledge of you know the music business you guys gained over the years? What's the one thing you would do to get people to pay more attention to the music? That's an interesting question. Um, kind of tough. It is a tough question. He said he was going to ask us the tough questions, and now here we are. Um, as far as it goes, and we've only played at Oakman and Cordova. Yeah. And I think the turnout was actually a little bit better um Cordova. Um, I I don't want to say marketing because they, you know, they do put out, like, posters and stuff and such. But I think maybe just, like, I don't know. It's an interesting question. Maybe. Maybe, and maybe they do this already, but I kind of feel like they kind of promote it. The music is more of a background thing while you go look at the booths and stuff. Like, maybe kind of promote the music in a way that, like, hey, this is, you know, come for the music. Yeah. yeah. But that's just my Actually call it, like, a music festival as opposed to just the, you know, this is a festival. And maybe that is their intention. I'm not sure. That's just. I mean, yeah, yeah. for sure. They haven't, they didn't call me and be like, hey, Elijah, you know. (laughs) You know, like Foothills Festival, they do market it pretty much as a music music festival. festival, And they've got a great turnout. And they get an excellent turnout. Like, really, really good turnout. I think a smaller town, and I don't like talking negative about anybody, they could find like a washed up musician that could still draw a crowd. (laughs) And, you know, and still get people to pay attention to the acts before them because you have some acts playing at like noon and one o'clock. Yeah. People are just now getting there. Exactly. When, did, when did we play at um, the things? It was like, it was around three. one. Three? Yeah. yeah. So like it was... Midday. During the Alabama game. Yeah, yeah. that's... Yeah. Honest, honestly, that might be a little bit of a problem. Maybe try to schedule Don't it. Don't schedule like, them during During Alabama, Alabama and Auburn, Auburn games. games. 
That's just that's like such a big deal around here. It's just like you don't schedule a wedding during the football exactly. season in Alabama. I mean, I get that's kind of tough because like when the good weather is around that football season, yeah. but like maybe have it on a Friday or something. You know, no, you can't have it on a Friday because high school football. So like, I don't know. It's just maybe something to think about. It, it's hard to do that and understand why these people do it because you know it does bring income to their to their town, and I'm glad they do it because by all means grow the hell out of Walker County. Yeah. Show people how beautiful it is, the natural surroundings that we have. And come up with these festivals, though, I feel like the music should be like a focal point of it because some of these guys take off work, skip work, call in sick, miss a day with their families to play these gigs for good money on top of that. So yeah. why not market them? Because you're paying them shit, shit tons of money. Yeah. So yeah. By all For means, sure. market the crap out of them. Market, market them. Um, and I, I do not envy the job of a festival organizer because I'm not sure that all. is yeah. rough. But you know, market them. And by that same token, I'm a, I'm a believer in the um, any music around is better than no music because even, even if it was just like. If there was no music, then there's just nothing there. But even if you're just playing for like three people, one of those three people might be a, like you know, a business owner. Like yeah. you're talking about, and be like, hey, I liked him. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's not like you're completely ignored. You know, you may somebody may be at the blow up slides with their kids yeah. and hear a song they like, and they're like, mm, okay, tune in. So it's not necessarily you have to be right at the stage to be paying attention to the music. Exactly. Yeah. We're not throwing anybody under the bus saying, oh, you don't pay attention when you're at these festivals. But I'm on to y'all. <laughs> yeah. Just go listen to them, just, even if it's for one or two songs. Show your, show your support. Tip them. Tip them. Bring, bring, bring them um, food from the hot dog station. <laughs> yeah. bring, bring them a snack. Please, <laughs> yeah. starving. Please. <laughs> so you talked about recording an EP or an album. I know, but tell the listeners what's in the plans as far as that goes. Well, the plans is within this year to release a Fall City EP, first of its kind. Electric Boogaloo. It's untitled yet. We don't have a name for yeah. it. Maybe subtitled. Not Maybe not. It, you may hear the most random name come out of these guys. Drew's Big Adventure. Yeah. <laughs> it may be a Mad Lib top name. Some of the some of the audio tracks Drew sent me over the time have, have <laughs> the most random names ever. I'm, he's like, hey man, check this out. What do you think? I'm like... Like you just sent me a, a file called the Dookies. I don't know. Yeah, like, <laughs> pooping town with a pooping bridge. I'm like, all right, well, where are we gonna go with this? And it's <laughs> it's actually the track that the, the sounds of a different, completely different talk, style song. Yeah, it'll be a song that like we played for Drake like at a practice. He'd be like, hey, here it is. And he's like, well, Drew, this is not the same thing. Yeah, the special deluxe anniversary edition of this EP will have many hidden tracks. <laughs> Drew, where where in God's name do you come up with these random <laughs> random names? Are you do you just start typing in whatever like comes out? Is that what well, you go with? Basically, what it is when you know I work on a song, I kind of do what Elijah was talking about. I'll just I'll write like maybe an intro and a chorus or something. <laughs> I'll let it sit for like a day if I like it. But the file name I have to save it under, I just name it whatever. Just something to save it that <laughs> I can remember. Really the easy. file name that I put into SoundCloud cannot be waited on. <laughs> exactly. So, putting you on the hot seat again, when are you guys ready to start playing shows again? Because it was January was your last show. Yeah, that's another big goal is to start being able to play shows more consistently. Um, let's see, we want to hammer out some at least one or two originals before we start getting on the road again. But I, I, cert- I love playing shows. Like, yeah. 
um, open mics. I love going to those. I have another group that I play with that we, you know, I don't want to say tour around because it's like the same three buildings that we just play in. <laughs> if if you listen to our previous episode, our our friend Cody Lockhart referred to a uh, referred to himself as a musical whore. Our yeah. Elijah here is also a I musical, musical whore. whore. Big um, big musical whore. Let's see. Um. I've got the one band where I play the trumpet, one band where I play the guitar, and then this band. And then there was another band that I played at a festival. Because I don't know if any of y'all out there know this, but money spins no matter who gives it to you. (laughs) 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 But yeah, just get some originals together. Um, I would love to be able to be like done with the EP so that we can get a show together and be like, hey, this is the drop party. Here we go, baby. I've I've already got the site for the ep release ready it's just we gotta pull you tell me to pull the trigger on it buddy i'm pulling the trigger yeah and we're we've got a few things that we're working on right now like we got one that's done that literally i just called drew and said hey we need to put that in a different key or else i'm healthy me can't sing it yeah so that's all we've got to do with that one then that one's done we got one that ralph is hammering out some lyrics to that i think is pretty much done we just got to record it and then i've got a few that i need to get with drew and hammer out and then we just need to spend a couple of practice sessions just hammering on them and then we'll be ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, I think we've actually got, like, we could do a whole album with stuff like Backlog Originals. We just need to get together as a band, learn them, get them down real tight, and, uh, you know, make any changes that we need to uh, or want to make to them. So. Yeah. No serious release date, but expect something this summer. Yeah. Well, I'm going to call it right here. This, this yeah. podcast. Oh, official. No, no, official. Yeah, this podcast... It, it may be the summer when this podcast drops. But exclusive. <laughs> Check back in next weekend, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, when we first met, I threw five songs because I wanted to know you guys as a band. Like, I wanted to know your sound. What went through your minds? At, because I threw just five completely different genres than what you're at, what you play. The first thing that came guys. through my mind was, who is Machine Gun Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, he was um, like, what kind of gun is that? <laughs> what, kind, what kind of gun is a Kelly? <laughs> to be honest, when I first saw the list, I was like, what is this dude talking about? Like, I, I was very skeptical because I was looking and it was such a diverse, diverse choice of songs and it was nothing like what we were doing at all. But then we got thinking about it, worked on it a little bit, worked on some of the kinks. I'm like, this guy might be on to something. Yeah. He actually has the right idea here. Two of them, we actually wound up performing at shows. Like, yeah, and we consistently. still still perform those covers because I mean they're solid. And one of them, even though it was different members of the band, but one of them is still one of your most viewed videos, most played videos on Facebook. This is true. You, <laughs> you, you had, there was something to, to what you what you had in mind. I just wanted yeah, to see it. how hard you guys will work on genres that were nowhere near your league of you know where you play ball in, mm-hmm. yeah. and see how hard you work to make it your own. And the ones I heard were awesome. We worked worked real hard. I said, Drew, you should do this. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it turned out, it turned out to work out perfectly. And I got to know you guys, your strengths, you know, weaknesses, which you didn't really have any. And I love watching you guys, guys grow as a band over the past, about a year now, close to a year. With this oh god! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess this one's been about two years now. I, old. I referred to you guys as my musical children because I was able to mold you and help you grow a little bit. Also, like, the fact that you're like fourteen years older than us. Yeah, 
Thanks, man. <laughs> that was targeted. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's getting cold cut. Right there, <laughs> Colts flag for 15 for targeting right in the ear hole. <laughs> Yes, Colton, I am. I am nice thirty. Having you on the podcast, I have to ask you to leave. I mean, our our ages our ages differ. I mean, y'all knew I was older because y'all played my birthday party at Twisted Barley. We did. We did. That was, yeah. Was that our first show? Yeah, that was. That was real. That was that was a good show. Was, I really liked he, that he, one. He took a gamble on putting his thirtieth birthday in our hands. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Twisted Barley. I love playing down there. It's yeah. Just a good place to play. That's a very good environment. We hadn't it been. Is, yeah. We hadn't been working together long, and I was like. All it took was two or three rehearsals with you guys, and I was like, so, yeah, you, you can pull it off. We're doing it. So. <laughs> we said, ooh, a show. <laughs> folks, this is Fall City. These are, they're great friends of mine. I've, I've loved hanging out with them over the past year. I've loved watching them grow, the evolution of the band. They're all musical geniuses in their own right. Especially Elijah, because he's a whore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My, gen- my you, genius is my quantity. <laughs> if you need a bassist or a trumpet player, Elijah's going to take it for you. <laughs> or a yodeler. <laughs> but guys, I, I've loved having you on. We're going to jump right into the last shots. We're going to run this one for a minute long today. Okay, just well, because well, the last time I did it with multiple people, it was, what do I get it was tough to fit it all in in 30 seconds. If you win, you get nothing. Oh. If you lose, you get nothing. Excellent. So I'm yeah. walking out with oh. what I came with. Excellent. That is the motto of the last shots. <laughs> All right, boys, you ready? Yes. Go ahead. And we'll let each of you answer. Just answer as quick as you can. One minute. Ready? Cool. Okay. Favorite musician? The Beatles. Between the Buried and Me. Also Between the Buried and Me. <laughs> Favorite album? Uh... The final cut by Pink Floyd. Colors by Between the Bay and Me. <laughs> <laughs> the Pimp of Butterfly, Kendrick Lamar. Ooh, I like that. Favorite food? Uh, lasagna. Pizza. Spaghetti. <laughs> How fast have you driven down Fall City? What's the fastest you've ever driven on Fall City? 95. <laughs> Same. <laughs> 120. Whoo! Jesus. If you had to play one last show... In Walker County, where would it be? Uh, Twisted Barley. Yeah, Twisted Barley for sure. Courthouse. Courtyard step. Not courthouse step. <laughs> They're in the courtyard. All right, last question real quick. If you had to play one final song of your life, what would it be? <sighs> Damn it, by Blink-182. <laughs> <laughs> uh, always look on the bright side of life from Monty Python. <laughs> Peaches by the Presidents of the United States. <laughs> All right, folks, this has been Fall City. Guys, I want to thank you all for coming on. I know you've got some work to get going, if not real work. Every, every time I talk to you guys, you're working, yeah. which I am too when I'm talking, when I'm able to talk to you as well. But, guys, I want to thank you for coming on. Be on the lookout for new things coming from Fall City. I hope they have a big 2020 ahead of them. I hope you do too. Thank you for having us, yeah. for sure. Yeah, man. Anytime. Folks, as always, talk to somebody different than you. Pop the top off of the jar and pass that thing around. Y'all take care. Have a good one. Bye.